Hello, Dre. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm great. Are you ready to go digging with Peter today? I sure am. Okay, well, today we are talking about Sea Change by Beck, which was released in 2002. Do you know anything about Beck? Not really. I've only heard, well, only remember two songs that I've ever heard by him. Okay, well, what are those? I'm going to guess Where one it's... of them. What? Okay, I, you know what? I'll guess both of them. What? Okay, it's going to be Loser and Where It's At. How'd you know? Because those are the ones everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Before we get too much farther into this, Sea Change is a really big sea change, as far as sound goes, from what Beck had released previously. Like, it is very far off the off path from what he had been doing before. Yeah. I haven't heard, like, his very, very first album release, which was Golden Feelings back in, like, 1993. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more rough than than what he rough as in production quality wise than what he was doing a little even a little later with a little more um major label support but that the sound was generally kind of the same field but by the time we get to mellow gold he pretty much established himself as this like this weird throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks and combining a whole bunch of sounds that you don't necessarily think are going to go together kind of guy. Lots of fun. Yeah. And then by the time you get to Odelay, which was 1996 and had where it's at and sold like close to two and a half million copies, if I remember correctly, you know, that was like the big commercial um success you know and then he kind of got into a pattern here like the next couple albums mutations and midnight vultures were kind of similar-ish they didn't sell nearly as much but you know if you if you've heard them they sound like beck from that time uh -huh. by the time you get to sea change in 2002 and the first the very first thing you hear on this album is an acoustic guitar you might be thinking what? Did I put the wrong thing in my CD player? Mm. Did I did I hit the wrong track? Is this right? Is this back? I mean, I did a double take. Are you aware of ever having heard this album at all before? Uh -uh. And the association that I had with it initially had nothing to do with Beck. So initially, the very first thing that popped into my head was, ooh, it's a country sounding guitar, which was my first red flag. Like, wait, did I hit the wrong album? Then there was reverb, so much of it. And mm -hmm. then for some reason, Bittersweet Symphony, that song popped into my head. I'm like, is that back? Because that sounds like this, but then it doesn't. And then I mm -hmm. had to look it up and I was not in the right person. No, not right people at all. Nope, nope. Bittersweet Symphony is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not back. No, that it's was still... uh, that was the verve. Yeah, and it's still stuck in my head. Every The story goes that the songs on this album were written kind of as a response to a breakup with a longtime girlfriend. 
clearly he's feeling pretty emotional. And I guess he didn't actually want to record this at first because he felt like it might be like too self-indulgent to do that. Because clearly nobody thinks of Beck as this quiet, introspective, orchestrated kind of guy. No. But I guess at some point, somebody convinced him to thinking, these these sound good and, you know, it's relatable. So people people can connect to this. And quite frankly, I think what he came out with in the in the end result here is fucking beautiful. Yes, I agree. Total whiplash as far as style goes. But holy crap, he pulls this off so well. There are there are only like a, a handful of places on the entire album where you even get little hints of what he was doing before. You know, the end of one song just leading into the other one, and there'll yeah. be like a few bars of something that's a little more chaotic. Oh yeah, that was such a tease. Yeah, and then it goes right back into into this big feelings kind of feel. Yeah. Tell me how you're feeling. I mean, I agree with you. It was a beautiful, emotional, I called it cinematic album. But by like the third track, I found it so hard to stay engaged with it. And maybe because I'm not in an emotional space right now. So listening to emotional music doesn't really do it for me. Because it wasn't like, oh, this is awful and I hate it. It's like, no, these are pretty songs. I just, I'm not, I'm not where he was or is in this Mm -hmm. album at all in any way, shape or form. So I'm just like, all right, when is it going to be over? Well, I mean, it's not a super long album. It's 50 some odd minutes long. So you didn't have to wait too long, I hope. That feels like forever when it feels like it's all dragging out. It's beautiful, but it dragged. Yeah, because it was just so emotional. It's just, that's how I felt listening to it. That that long, just quiet. And I listened to it closely. I mm-hmm. tried to take notes on every song. Like, these are such pretty songs. So Maybe I need to listen to this at a different time. Well, this is certainly going to be something good to listen to if you are feeling down. Oh, yeah. So tell me, tell me some of these notes that you wrote down. Uh, basically, what I was saying is slow and emotional. It was easy to listen to. I think because I'm not in emotional space, the, the the strings and all of the the enveloping sounds that he put out just got to be a lot. But then it mm-hmm. reminded me of music that I do really enjoy. Like there was at one point where it made me think about Nora Jones, and I'll play her in the background when I'm cleaning or just relaxing because I really like the way it sounds because it just it's so relaxing and it's so nice. Okay, I don't really hear the Nora Jones connection, except that it's like quiet and pretty. Because for me, Nora Jones is like, and I don't know if this is absolutely accurate, but because I'm not really well versed in her music. But when I hear Nora Jones, I think like simplicity. And although these these tracks are simpler <laughs> in some ways than Beck normally does, they have a lot of complexity bubbling underneath. Yeah, it wasn't like the entire thing. Right, and some of it you're not even going to hear unless you've got this like cranked and are maybe like crying into your drink or something. I've I've had this album for for quite some time and I put in my my earbuds 
and I turned it way up, probably louder than it should have been. And I was all of a sudden hearing things that I don't think I'd ever heard before. And it's not just because I was like blowing my head off. Maybe it was. Well, maybe, but probably not. I heard there were just like soft little, like tiny melodies underneath the melodies. Yeah. I like did write down this had a lot of depth to it mm-hmm. with the way it was layered. Because it was like the vocals and guitars were really nice and simple. And then all these strings would come out. Then I heard some nice bass at one point. I'm like, oh, there's so many layers. And I want to keep listening. I'm still bored, but I want to keep listening. So that's how I just kept getting played because I'm like, this is really nice listening to listen Mm -hmm. to. So is this something you think in the future you'd listen to like with a purpose? No, this will probably be like an atmospheric album for me, like for a specific mood. Like, okay. So what is that specific mood? Like extreme sadness? I wouldn't go here for sadness. I have a whole, this isn't sad enough for me. Uh, my extreme sadness <laughs> this will be more like a relaxing like a late night I can't sleep and I just want to play soft music in the background I will put this on because it's just it fills up the room with nice sounds it it appears that there weren't actually any retail singles released from this album uh, only Lost Cause and Guess I'm Doing Fine were released as promotional singles I guess to hopefully get airplay or something but they didn't release any any individual tracks in retail uh, for singles. I can see that. This is yeah. one I would see playing front to back all the time. I couldn't imagine splitting this one up. Besides just musically, lyrically, this thing is also a pretty big departure because, you know, in the previous albums, the lyrics are, they're kind of dense. They're kind of absurdist. They're kind of cryptic. It takes a lot of thought just to get into the headspace to understand if there's anything he's trying to say or if it's just a bunch of words run together. And they're kind of fun that way. On here, there's there's no irony. It's just straightforward, simple. It sounds like he's being totally honest and sincere on pretty much everything. Just like the music, the even the lyrical content is totally different. It's really interesting to play his prior couple albums leading up to this and then start playing this and realize this guy mastered not just the the noisy sample heavy absurd kind of stuff that he's that he's known more for but he also has this mastered and nobody knew it well i'm sure somebody knew it he probably knew it i I think you can tell i feel like for anyone to do weird absurd music they have to be some kind of awesome to make it work because I can't just throw chaos on, on, on the mic and think, oh, it's going to be fantastic. People might laugh me out of the state. I don't know. For some reason, I keep thinking about Wesley Willis. And he's more of an outsider music kind of kind of guy. And if you're familiar with outsider music at all, you'll know that um, that in general, outsider music is people who are creating music who don't really have a musical background or formal training. They're just kind of experimenting to find things that work just just for them. And I would put him as maybe as fun and interesting as Beck at points, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he'd be capable of producing something like this. Yeah, if you have if you have never heard Wesley Willis, you will not be prepared for what you hear <laughs> when you start it. 
So although Beck has not did not do anything, at least as far as releases goes, quite like this before, he has come back to this kind of this kind of sound uh, a couple times since, or at least um, alluded to it a couple times. Right after Sea Change, he kind of went right back to something he's he's better known for. Two and a half years later, he reduced released Guero, which is the same kind of loud sample heavy the time chaos beautiful chaos chaos yeah but this uh sea change is just like this this lovely change of pace and i will never i don't think i will ever be upset to see him go back to that if he decides to do it i would like to see if he hasn't done it already if he could do something with a little bit of both on one album and make it work yeah, I think you should you should take a look at both Morning Phase and Modern Guild. Okay. Yeah, so are we we're gonna give our, our ratings. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so I give this one a six because I really, really enjoyed it. Like it wasn't hard to listen to this. It wasn't hard, it wasn't offensive, it was really pretty. I love the depth. It sounds nice. I can hear it, the emotions in it. It wasn't hard to listen to as far as like understanding it. And I can hear this playing in the background when I'm just chillaxing, you know, hanging out at home. It's a good album. That sounds more like a seven to me. Well, it's got a six because I was bored to death today, but I know later on I wouldn't be. So it gets a six. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, this gets um, an eight. This was his best production since Odelay. Mutations and Midnight Vultures are both very, very solid, very fun albums. But this one kind of brings it back up to like a level. Why is it, why does it seem that so many other people have not heard and purchased this? This belongs on so many shelves. Well, it wasn't like the other stuff. And, you know, we really enjoyed the, the, the chaos. That's fun. And he went so far away from me here. Like, yeah, this is great, but nah, man. We want some more where it's at. You want two turntables and a microphone? I sure do. All right. Hey, Google, give me a number between 1 and 2056. 1,207. Now we're getting into something we haven't talked about before. Uh-oh. We We are listening to the self-titled album by... Old Crow Medicine Show. Old Crow Medicine Show. Mm hmm. Okay. And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me. And thank you for joining us. Until next time, be good to your music. It's been good to you.